0: and we're back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break game source and also inside sports fantasy football thank you for listening to all of our great shows and for all you lakers fans out there i truly want to thank you for listening to the nba draft shows that we had last week plus my usual weekly interview with this next guest that i have coming on here But I also want to thank everybody for listening to our shows last week with Michael Visenberg, also as well, Raphael Barlow, and obviously the great people at DraftSite.com. You had just so many great, great interviews last week. I cannot thank everybody enough for being a part of it. It was just, just such incredible talking the NBA draft. But I have more great NBA draft podcasts coming up in the near future. So if you get a chance, check it out even the previous ones, but also the ones coming up. I've got Rafael Barlow coming up very soon. And in fact, he's actually our latest podcast just before this one right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Well, again, it's our usual spot right here this week talking to my good friend. If you want to be a part of the conversation talking Lakers, even in this off time, a great place to go is Lakerholics.net. You got to be a part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. And the man who runs it, I know him as Tom Long, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, always great to have you back on the program.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be here, Gerald. Looking forward to it. So I'm looking forward to it as well, my friend. It's always, it's always great to talk Lakers, and uh, hopefully we, we've got some good things happening in the future, and maybe the league will get back to playing, and, and we'll be able to talk some real basketball. But in the meantime, always happy to chat with you and talk about some of the subjects that are dear to our hearts.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, it's just been a great time, my friend. Not only our conversation did really well last week, but also as well, the the NBA draft, people want that type of distraction, that type of diversion, so they wanted to go ahead and listen to our conversations. I had a great one with Stone Hansen with DraftSide.com, and I cannot thank him, Raphael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies, and also as well, Michael Visenberg, all three of them. Cannot thank them enough for being a part of the show last week, and I'm looking forward to my future conversations with them. So, yeah, I I know you said you're not caught up yet on the NBA draft, but now's a chance, Laker Tom. You you got to start looking at it because, as you said yourself, the Lakers have to draft. Didn't say they have to keep, but they have to make mm-hmm. a draft choice later this summer or later this year, whenever the NBA draft comes. It'll probably be a late draft choice. So well, I'm sorry, it's going to be have to be a late job choice because there's, I don't think there's any way they're going to get a lottery like you were talking about. I I almost uh, said, yeah, right, sure, but it is going to be something that is, uh, you know, they still can get an equality, I think, effective individual who later on the line could be a role player if they decide to keep him.
1: Well, what's interesting about this year's draft is that, first off, even before all of the things happened with the coronavirus, the draft was not considered to be a very – deep draft and a very, you know, not any superstars at the really top. There's no LeBron James or Michael Jordan, uh, Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. It's going to be an obvious surefire first round draft pick that turns into a superstar. But now with the situation where a lot of the players haven't worked out, there's not going to be probably, at least we don't know at this point in time, if there's going to be a combine. And there is no NCAA playoffs on which to judge people. So it all of a sudden makes the draft even bigger of the crapshoot, which I think in many ways uh, makes it a lot harder on the teams that are in the lottery to try to pick a guy who's a surefire starter or or contributor on an NBA team. And it really opens up possibilities for the Lakers to, to, with their excellent core of uh, of draft experts that have done a terrific job in the last few years, to really, come up with somebody who could be very, very good addition to the team. As I've said before, I I'm fairly confident the Lakers are going to end up trading that pick on draft day uh, as part of a deal to improve the their chances of winning. Now, which is obviously the mode that we're in. But you never know. You know, there may be a, maybe they'll come across a guy that'll impress the scouts the way that uh, Kobe Bryant impressed. The, Jerry West, you know, and uh, and they'll take a guy that they won't give up for anything that they'll want to keep. I think they have a I think they have a good shot at getting somebody who's a lot better than you'd expect at let's say number twenty nine in the draft. Um, and well, so that's good news for the Laker fans. So I can understand the excitement uh, surrounding the draft. I mean, even last year I was fairly certain that the trap the pick was going to be traded, but I I still got into the whole thing of looking at all of these guards out there and. And point guards are basically who I've started looking at, you know, just seeing who are the point guards out there, who looks like they might slide to the, let's say, or, or a second rounder that could slide into the first round or, or somebody in the lottery who might slide back just because people don't have information on him or because it was an injury situation. So there's a lot of dynamics in there that 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 uh, I think make the draft very exciting. So I think it's great that you're really focusing on that, Gerald, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how those things develop and what all of these guys say about whom the Lakers might select and who who looks like a prospect that could really fit onto this current roster.
0: Well, I spoke to all three of them about it. That was the subject I touched upon with all three of them, and they each have their own varying opinions, but they all seem to center with a couple of choices amongst their, their choices that they had. One was Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt and the reason why is even though he was injured uh, and does, is coming off an injury the guy can shoot the flat out shoot and obviously that's something that the lakers would look towards to but
1: never they, have enough shooters man no
0: no but if he's healthy enough if his medicals check out they're not sure he would be that far down as far as in the 20s if his injuries don't check out then he could be available at that slot but if his injuries do check out and he is, uh, you know, healthy enough to go ahead and be able to be a productive member of the NBA right away, then you would probably see him rising up draft boards to be right somewhere in the back end of the lottery type deal. But if yeah, if he falls down to where the Lakers are picking and choosing, that's and they have to keep or they're intending to keep, that's someone that they could go ahead and look after. That's that's the name I heard most from each of them. But there are more names and if people want to go ahead and check out my great conversations. That's just one of the topics I have broached of both, you know, all three of them with upon. So you want to go ahead and check that out on our shows, but the Lakers, you know, we've, we've had some rough times with the Lakers the past few years, just before LeBron got here. But one of the things they have done well is drafting. And, and obviously they have a lot of great young players that are now playing on other teams in the NBA, but, you can see junior
1: Laker teams. We call them.
0: Well, junior Laker teams aside on both Washington and new Orleans, there's still a great, and also D'Angelo Russell, but there's still players that the Lakers drafted that haven't been washed out. So at least we can gather that there's a decent chance, more than a decent chance, even though, like you said, the NBA draft is essentially a crap shoot. And that's what they said as well. Each of them has said, you know, it's, you can you can have do all the research you can do all the scouting and you can still have a bust but for the most part the lakers have done very well and with the only lakers draft choice still really on the team outside of Kyle Kuzma Taylor and Horton Tucker all three had good things to say about his development but the only thing is if with all three of them they said essentially that if Taylor Horton Tucker does not develop the outside shot—it's going to be hard for him to be a good fit on this Lakers team going forward.
1: Well, I think the shooting is such an important thing in order to create spacing for LeBron and AD that that it has to be at the top of the list of any player that the Lakers look at. And most guys, you know, you—I tend to one of the things I tend to look at when I'm evaluating draft picks and their shooting ability because there's such a difference between shooting a wide open college length three and shooting in the NBA when you've got the guys challenging you who've got great length and athleticism, it's always good to look at the free throw percentages because the free throw percentages are probably as good a predictor of any as to how well somebody can shoot the three in the NBA. Now, there are exceptions, but the free throw percentage really is a, is a benchmark that you got to have. Um, there are a lot of good shooters in, that are around there, and the question, though, is is can you find a guy who can do more than shoot because it's pretty hard just to make it in this league on just your shooting ability. THT is an interesting case. I I followed him through the year, and I, I was early in the year rooting for him to, to get some shots at playing time in the league, uh, and he got called up in a couple of games but ended up only getting garbage minutes. Um, there's a couple of guys who do a good job of following uh, the South Bay Lakers and evaluating him, and, and the general consensus that I've gotten from them is that uh, while he's a very talented guy, he still has some big holes to fill. One of them being a consistent outside shooting, and the second being just developing those defensive instincts. He's got the he's got the talent and the length to be a great defender, but he just doesn't have those natural instincts that come from having been in a program, uh, having experience, gone through college. He's only 19 years old now and just, I think, just turned 19. But the one thing he's done, which which also gives you some some context for why I think the draft is important, uh, even though the Lakers are picking 29th and even though they very well may trade the pick, is that I think we've gotten, we've seen enough from Horton Tucker that he's now a little bit of a prospect. He's something to be traded. You know, he's a trading chip at this point in time. He's... He's played himself well enough in the G League that I now consider him to be a trading chip that could swing the deal. You know, you can all of a sudden the Lakers will have, you know, they'll be in a pretty good position for going out there and making a trade this year because they'll have Kyle Kuzma, they'll have THT, they'll have the first round pick they can trade on draft day, select it for somebody else. And they have $20 million, not counting Anthony Davis, they have $20 million in expiring contracts between JaVale McGee, uh, uh, KCP, Rashawn Rondo, and one other player, I can't remember who it is, but they've, they've got four players that have $20 million in expiring contracts. And considering what's happened with the salary cap situation because of China and the coronavirus uh, pandemic, salary cap, there's going to be a lot of teams looking for expiring contracts so they can clean up their their payrolls and And get their payrolls lowered to the expectations of of the next couple of years, having and maybe the next five or six years having lower revenue and and less basketball related income to be able to keep the salary cap going. Um, I think I think there's no expectation the salary cap is going to exceed 100 million this year. It's definitely not going to be 115 million like was like was predicted about a year ago. So it's a whole different world for the NBA when we get back to business, just like it is for society. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll
0: be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where
1: how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop
0: Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. The coronavirus has taken its toll. Uh, you know, the numbers, they're catastrophic. It's just truly a horrible sign. First off, I wanted to go ahead and again honor those people on the front lines, whether you're a nurse, doctor in the medical field, dealing with it directly on the front lines, you're driving the trucks out there, going ahead and getting the, the supplies to everywhere that need, they need to go, the people on the front lines in the grocery stores, people on the front lines doing delivery, you know, anybody who is working their butts off to go ahead and try and, and make our lives better that are staying inside they're trying to be compliant with what's going on with these stay-at-home orders. We truly want to thank you for everything you do right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But the coronavirus is still something that, as you know, and I'm going to say, Tom, be a good boy now. Let's try and stay off the political hat now, okay? Again, I wanted to go ahead and say how devastating this is because it has affected the NBA family. In fact, Carl Anthony Towns, the, the great center for the Minnesota Timberwolves, just lost his mom this week to the coronavirus, complications from that. So we truly send our best to the town's family for that. And it's just such a tragedy, such a tragedy indeed about how this pandemic is is wreaking havoc upon our society. So much that's being said and done in regards to the possibility of a return. And we've heard our president, his inclination on wanting to go ahead and start sooner rather than later debate begins on when you should start back up the normalcy or somewhat normalcy of our lives. You know, depends on state by state depends on what Trump's saying and all that. And again, that's a, a, a hot topic at this point in time. Do you trade economy for lies? Because that's essentially what you're talking about at this point. Right. One of the things I did want to talk to you about is the fact that the NBA is mulling over options so that when they do get that high sign to go ahead and come back to Somewhat of a, you know, normal schedule or somewhat of a schedule, I should say, whether it's in the Bahamas, here in Las Vegas, or what have you. I wanted to ask your thoughts on that. They've got a 25-day plan. That's something that they're mulling over. I mean, there's plenty of ideas being thrown Adam Silver's way, but one of the ideas is a 25-day program, as far as kind of like a mini training camp again, because these guys, a lot of in a lot of cases, as we saw in the horse game.
1: They're going to need that training camp again. You're absolutely yeah, and, right. and the
0: 2K tournament, the the horse game, and the 2K tournament. Some of these guys <laughs> look already out of shape, so they're going to need that training camp. But I want to hear your thoughts on a 25 day program that's being mulled over currently as something that, when the NBA gets the high sign to continue, that's something that they'll do.
1: I think it makes a lot of sense. You know that that specific proposal was 11 days of of sort of the players working out one-on-one, just getting back into shape. So more of a conditioning thing where they they could actually maintain, you know, uh, social distancing while they're doing it, even though the team is brought together. Um, they could remain six feet apart and so forth. But then 14 days where they basically have a regular training camp where they'd, they'd all, you know, be playing one-on-one and two-on-two and 3 and 3 and five-on-five. Guys would actually be touching each other and, and – there you'd have to have, you know, obviously extensive testing and just making sure you'd have to have some combination of quarantine to uh, to make sure that players didn't contract or get infected during the whole process. And then before you go to play, even the very first game, whether it's finishing the season or starting the playoffs out, you're just definitely going to have to to, to make sure that everybody is healthy before every single game, you know. It's sort of like a preview of what we're going to have to do when we go back to work, you know. Uh, as far as people who actually have a day job, where they go to an office, or they go to a factory, or go to a go to a store, where they're they're going to be meeting with their their co-employees and interacting with them, and so forth. Uh, there, there's a lot of businesses where it's almost impossible to to really have social distancing proper and so forth. So I think it makes sense because, as you said, there's a lot of these guys don't have hundred million dollar contracts in gyms like. Like LeBron James obviously has his own gym, and I'm sure that Kawhi Leonard has his own gym. But there's a lot of guys out there. I mean, Alex Caruso probably doesn't have his own gym, you know. And you know, some guys maybe maybe out in the front yard shooting baskets off of the garage just the same as you and I. So I think it, it's the single most important thing, obviously, is you don't want to have to go in there and have some guy come in and tear an Achilles or throw a knee out, you know. Uh, in the first week just because players weren't properly conditioned. Unfortunately, there's probably going to be a couple of those situations where somebody gets hurt because that's just the nature of the game. Uh, When you're playing with the type of leverage that these players have with the athletic moves that they make and so forth, it's very easy to have a serious injury. So I I think any plan that the NBA does is going to have to have at least three to four weeks worth of time before they even play their first game. Once you get into that, then you're talking about a decision. To, the earliest I, anybody can that I've heard anybody mention, even starting this 25-day scheme or any three or four-week scheme, is probably June 1st. Um, which means that you're gonna, you know, start. You're gonna start playing again late in June or possibly early July, maybe July 4th or something like that. You know, as a kickoff for the for the playoffs or, or if they decide to finish the season. I think ideally they want to finish before Labor Day. That's the other ending date that I've heard. If you do it all in Vegas or, or somewhere like that, you know, I, I still very strongly feel that uh, the proposal that Eric Finkus made of, of just going into the playoffs where you, where you only have 16 teams instead of 30 teams that you've got to, you know, deal with that many more people, it sure makes a lot more sense to me
0: makes a lot more sense to me, but I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if we see those injuries even after 25 days. Yeah. Hamstrings, I think is probably We'll see
1: perfect. some. We'll see some. There's no yeah, doubt about it. I,
0: I think hamstrings is probably the first thing I'd say would be the, you know, because as I've been told on numerous occasions with my, uh, I know someone said I had some of the worst hamstrings that they've ever seen. I had a therapist one time tell me <laughs> that, that when I was working on my back and I'm like, gee, thanks. But anyways, the hamstrings are, are one of the places where if you're out of shape or if you haven't been doing the type of athletic ability that you're used to, that's one of the first things that, that goes because you don't stretch it or you don't take care of it enough. Right. And uh, you probably will see a lot of ankle injuries, maybe even some knee injuries. So uh, This is something not to look forward to, but something that people need to be out there expecting that it could happen. It's a very real possibility. But a 25-day training camp, per se, is... Is something that's not unrealistic. I think it's something that is definitely recommended for this type of scenario. I mean, that's what we were hearing anyways. That it would have to be like a month type right. deal before we even get back to competitive games. So whatever they decide to do, wherever they decide to have it, wherever they, wherever they decide to continue the season, whenever it is, a 25-day training camp type scenario I think is good before hopefully that season can continue in some form or fashion. That's that's what I'm looking for down the road as well.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, you see a lot of people on Twitter and and in the sports world basically saying, hey, let's just call the season off. And I think that it's pretty well documented that the NBA isn't going to do that unless it's absolutely necessary. And, And I can understand it. You know, there's a lot of money at stake. There's Future revenue contracts and so forth. There's a TV well, network.
0: Well, I mentioned on a previous episode that I heard on the Chad Ford podcast with Mark Stein that if they the teams don't get to seventy games, seventy right. is the magic number, that they have to pay back those regional networks, like for instance the Lakers Network, Spectrum,
1: Spectrum. yeah,
0: Fox Sports, whatever you know, you fill in the blank. Uh, you know, they have to pay back all those networks a sizable chunk. If they don't make that, because it's all about contracts, and that's what you're hearing with all these leagues, sports organizations, even the WWE, that they have to fill out the requirements right now in any way, shape,
1: or form. Those are all negotiable too. They're they're all negotiable, but
0: I mean, a lot of these companies right now that are or trying to negotiate on it, it's hard line. Some of these, you know these these companies need as much money as the other company on the other end of the contract, so a lot of these companies are, are probably going to be resistant on that because just because of the fact that there's no, if they don't have this revenue coming in, right. then they need another source of revenue. So but
1: if you think, but if you think about it and this goes back to Eric Pincus's proposal, that they just do the playoffs, take a team that the Knicks that are out of the playoffs and the Knicks have played what uh 62, 63 games or something like that. 64 games. So does it make sense to spend 30 days, 25 days getting ready, if you're the Knicks, to play five or six games. I think instead the league would probably not to negotiate that. And, and, and the thing to look at, too, is that the 16 teams that would be in the playoffs right now, if you're only going to play five or six games, each of the eight, number eight teams in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference have at least a three-game lead in the loss column. So they'd almost have to come in and, and get wiped out and lose five or six games in order for anybody to overtake them and make the playoffs. So to me, it seems like it'd be a fool's game to try to risk injuring players by getting them ready just to play five or six games when there's little, very little chance that they would play anything more than that in this season. And I think the NBA as a whole basically is going to have to negotiate all of these contracts renegotiate all of these contracts at this point in
0: fact i understand i don't see the league that, finishing but... the
1: season i don't see the league finishing the season in any shape and form other than going directly into the playoffs
0: i understand that but if there's a money issue and these networks that they're negotiating against it's hard line that's the bottom line and these players want their money if that's the case it all trickles down to the players so right.
1: between the nba and the nbl and the nba players association and the yeah. players association will negotiate that
0: well they also have to negotiate that with the networks the the regional networks that this problem lies within so it's going to be very interesting to see if they just go like you said straight to the playoffs or they do have a truncated five to six game season because right now according to that what um I was listening onto that podcast. The average about just a little over five games that all these teams have to play. Right. Some have four, some have five, some have seven, some have six. So right now, a hard, it's about that's a hard
1: roll. 25, 25 days of hard conditioning and a brand new spring training after being a couch potato for a month, for two months, for these guys to go out there. I know well, they, want, I know they want their paychecks, but they can negotiate for a partial paycheck.
0: Uh, that depends on what the partial is. Yeah. If that part is, is not very good, yeah. then you know what? They might go back begrudgingly, especially if you're on a losing team, begrudgingly go back to the teams and the, the individuals who went overseas, who are overseas. Mm-hmm. So that would be harder to get. I mean, there, there's going to be some maybe, they, maybe they can
1: have a tournament well. for the lottery picks or something like that between so, the other 14 teams, like a yeah, five-game so. tournament or something like that. So that it would not take away from the playoffs. In other words, it wouldn't delay the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I get that. But again, if it was taken here in Las Vegas, as I told you, there's six arenas, six yep. places where they could play basketball, so they could knock this out literally within a short period of time. Those those games. So that that wouldn't be the mm-hmm. issue if they had it here.
1: Well, but they still uh, got to put that 25 days worth of grueling work back in there. You know, uh,
0: come on, what they get paid, they you know. Come on. But I'll just say this, that it's something that they definitely will have to do a lot of thinking about. There'll be more negotiating, I'm sure, as we go along, as we get a more assurance on when or if we can restart the NBA season. I mean, the conspiracy theories are still abound, my friend. I, I saw the one that you were tweeting at Laker Tom a few weeks back about how the Lakers automatically buy some bylaw a that, was
1: that was an April Fool's one.
0: Yeah, that was April Fool's one to get uh, <laughs> to get the championship. But a lot of people were spreading it around like it was the gospel, and a lot of people were believing that. And well, uh, I,
1: I, I've always been in favor of the Bucks and the Lakers being awarded buys, and then we have a tournament to see who's going to be there, who's going to be in the East and West Finals with them.
0: You know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's going to be interesting to see how this all yeah. plays out, and and. Whether yeah, or not I just,
1: I'll, I'll be happy with anything, Gerald. I just want to play basketball. Yeah,
0: I, I, basketball. I, I hope that there will be no cancellation yeah. this season. Yeah, because that's still on the tables. You know,
1: there, there was a there was a great article recently. I I think it was um in the Athletic looking at the outcomes. One outcome would be that the Lakers win a championship. That's fine. We can live with that argument. No problem. Second possibility is the Lakers came close, losing the finals. Hey, you know, I mean that's. I could live with that too. That That's a good situation. Cause we find out what kind of team we got. The third one was that the Lakers did horrible and just, you know, got knocked out in the semifinals or, or didn't make it lost in the Western conference finals. You know, you can live with that a little bit because at least you find out what your team could do. You know, you find out which players are going to be capable and which players aren't going to be capable. And, and how badly did you need that second point guard? How badly did you need that third score? Is Morris a guy that you want to have back next year? Is Dwight Howard come through in the clutch? How did LeBron and AD do, you know? Um, how good is Caruso in the clutch? Did waiters add anything? You get a lot of information so that you know you can put a game plan together for, for what you're going to do as you move forward. The fourth option, which is that the season gets canceled, leaves you in limbo. Because you don't know what to do. How do you make a decision on that? Then all of a sudden you got to combine that with a draft where you haven't even had a chance to work the players out because if if the season gets canceled, believe me, there's not going to be any combine and tryouts for these guys. You know, it's going to be. And, you know, you already lost the NCAA playoffs, so you're basically going to be, like, drawing names out of a hat and hoping to hell that, you know, you've, you've picked the right guys. So we got to have – we got to have a season, you know, even, even blowing it all. And the Lakers get knocked out by the Clippers or don't even make it to the, to the NBA finals. At least we get information to learn that we can use to make decisions on how to move forward with an intelligent basis behind it. Otherwise, man, we're really just like, you lost the whole season. You lost all of the information that you're going to make. And you're going to just have to punt basically on a whole bunch of different players on what's going to happen. So, I'm hoping beyond hope that we have a season, and 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 I'm confident if we do, the Lakers will do their job. They'll win, or they'll come awfully close to it.
0: We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Speaking of keepable, mm-hmm. as a new word that you just invented. Alice Caruso, the greatest of all time, if you hear some of the Lakers pages right. that are there, including Lakerholics.net, or if you go to some of the fan forums that are out of on social yeah. media, greatest of all time. I know that his development has truly been remarkable. And a lot of people gave hint to this, that he would be a good player. He'd be an effective player. Some of it was like, I won't mention uh, the exact podcast, but some of the podcasts were talking about like him, like, in a six man of the year type format. I, okay. Whoa. Hold your brakes on that. But yeah. our show, I, I thought he would be a, a good contributor. I saw in those last 30 games from last season, the 2018-2019 season, you saw the development and saw where he could go. I really thought it would go in a different direction because his shooting at that time last year was really good from the behind the three-point area. He was really effective there. But I didn't really see as many intangibles. But this season... We've, we, he's been effective for an entirely different reason. His defense, his awareness, his court savvy, all of that have come out even if his shooting hasn't. So I ask him, my friend, you know, obviously he's not going to be a free agent this year. He signed to a two-year back in 2019, which will end up after the next season. So in the summer of de Antetokounmpo, there will also be the right behind him, the summer of Alex Caruso. And if he continues to develop in the way he's developing and becomes that glue guy and continues to be that glue guy, I should say, for the Lakers for whatever success they have, he's going to be a hot commodity out on the marketplace. So the question is this come 2021, the summer of 2021. When everybody's talking about Janice and where Giannis is going to go, if he hasn't signed a contract with Milwaukee and stayed there, if, if he's a free agent at the time, but there's going to be a lot of free agents out there. Alex Caruso will be someone that a lot of people will be going for, maybe overpaying. Should the Lakers keep him at all costs?
1: No, not at all costs.
0: Ooh. So, I mean, obviously, he's not going to pay him 25 to 30 million, yeah. but he could see a contract in eight, uh, what eight figures eight figures like 10 11 12 13 something over sure. his current value yeah. that he brings to the team just because he brings those things to the table for a winning organization
1: you know it's it's funny one of the one of the real oddities that I thought as we ended the season you know, with that weekend where we took down the Clippers and the Bucks. Those were one of the least impressive games by Alex Caruso. In fact, he did not have great games in either one of those two games. There's some things that you've got to give him a, a great deal of credit for. One of these he's sneaky athletic. He's not he's not just a white man can't jump prototype because the kid can really get off of the floor and he's smart. He's a smart player, a savvy player. He's got good basketball IQ. He makes a lot of plays that, that he's the kind of guy that you never pick him second if you're in a if you're in a gym and you're picking a team. He's not the guy you pick second or third because he's going to really carry the team, but he's the guy that you always want to have on the team and you always pick him fourth or fifth. But the Lakers offered him for example for in a in a trade for uh, with the with Detroit Pistons, you know, and I thought that that was a kind of an interesting thing that Detroit did not jump at the opportunity to get him because he would have been the kind of player that, you know, you really want to build a team around, especially a team that doesn't have great defense. And uh, Derek Rose is as great as he was playing there. You, you kind of wonder why, uh, you know, why an offer of, of Caruso and, and other things for Rose wouldn't have been accepted. And I think that there's a limit on, on on what Caruso can bring to the team. And he takes up a spot in the lineup that right now we don't have anybody else to fill coming off of the bench. He's not a starter in any stretch of the imagination. And so it's awful hard to, to figure, you know, you probably got one or two guys that you can pay 10, days, you know, uh, you can pay eight figures for to come off of the bench. And we have so many guards that I I, I I tend to think that he's almost going to be next summer very possibly, depending on what happens if we in the playoffs and so forth, I could easily see him as as the Lakers selling high on him this summer and including him in a trade along with THT and Kuzma. So that you've got three potentially very good young prospects that that the Lakers could package together in trying to get a deal for somebody. Now,
0: if that happens, my friend, can you lay odds here in Vegas on what the odds would be for the Staples Center being burned down if that happens?
1: Well, I tell you, there. there I say is, that jokingly. There's, there's, I say there's that jokingly. an element of unreasonability and illogic thinking that puts Caruso with, with this little goat handle, and it's kind of funny, you know. In some ways. He's the guy who you'd expect when he walks up to the player's entrance that if they didn't know the players all by heart, they'd probably say, what are you doing here, buddy? You know, it's that type of thing where, you know, he, he, the guy who couldn't get in the gym, uh, the guy who isn't recognized. I mean, now there's guys, you know, I saw, I saw a, a, a tweet where he was coming out of a uh, subway or somewhere like that. And the guy's going, Caruso the GOAT! And you know, a year ago, Alex would could have walked out of subway and nobody even recognized him. He's standing in line next to it. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's sort of it's sort of like one of those things that gets picked up and everybody wants to pile onto it, and it 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 exceeds its reality. Um, I think Alex is a great is a great addition to the team. I'd like to see him stay on the team because I think he's a great contributor. He's a guy who really solidifies the defense, especially when he's playing with four other very good players. But I think the only reason he's filling out and closing games for the Lakers right now is because of holes that they've got in the lineup. And I don't see him as a closer or a starter. So I think he's expendable, and I don't think the Lakers would spend a whole lot of money on him. What's going to happen with the Lakers is in 2021, when Caruso's a free agent, the Lakers are going to renounce everybody. (laughs) They're going to renounce everybody, but but A.D. and Kareem, A.D. and and LeBron. And uh, they're going to do that so that they can create as much cap space as possible. Now, the one thing I would say with Caruso is that the same thing I think is true of of Dwight Howard. I think the same thing is true of uh, Boogie Cousins. I think those are three players who really value wearing purple and gold, who really feel like, the Lakers did something special for them to something be over and beyond the typical thing that you would expect in terms of loyalty and individual respect from uh, owning from a franchise. I think that they all three feel like they owe the Lakers something because of what the Lakers did for their careers at critical points and all three different situations entirely. Obviously Howard just getting his new chance Caruso getting his first chance, Howard getting his last chance, and Boogie, you know, being kept on a team all of this time. And, you know, still, still, if we come back, he'll he'll probably be working out with the Lakers. I think all three of them are likely to turn down a larger offer from another club in order to stay with the Lakers. So I would hope, and I'm hoping all three of them do end up staying with the Lakers next year.
0: Caruso's wow. taking that cash, man. Don't don't you even start that. Caruso's Caruso's smart, has savvy, and loyalty he only. Spent, goes he'll get so maybe far. he'll
1: get he'll maybe get you know six million a year from the Lakers or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean I could see that, but I'm just saying if he continues, would he turn, on down, the 10, way would he
1: turn down ten million from the Timberwolves or ten million from the from the or twelve Sun? million for the Sun? Knicks or whatnot? I don't know.
0: I, I don't think he would. I, I
1: don't, don't think, think he's the kind of guy. You know, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's not like it's not like Boogie or or Howard because they've made so much money in their careers. So so yeah, there there is that element, but I I just don't see. I I think that it's a whole different career playing for the Lakers when you're loved by the fans the way that Alex is and respected by the the players on his team to all of a sudden become a nobody on the Suns. For ten million versus eight million, maybe or eight million versus six million. I don't well, see that that's happening. Close,
0: that's one thing, but I I get that. I, mean, I, I know it's
1: hard to spend other. It's easy for us to spend other people's money, but <laughs> you know
0: we're talking in the NBA, my friend, where teams when they go on these kicks, like we saw in twenty sixteen with Timofey Mozgov, Dang, We know, yeah. But next year, year
1: be, the next couple of years ain't going to be like that, Dallas. Yeah, but well, as soon as there's the options are going to be much lower because the salary cap is going to reduce all of the money that's out there.
0: But if that salary cap does go up at some point in time in, in the future, you know, ain't after going to go first, up by
1: 2021.
0: No, no, not 2021. It'll go up a little bit because it'll, it'll start to stabilize here. That's I don't know. I think,
1: it, I think it may not simply because they're going to have to average it.
0: Well, okay. Because there's going to be a truncated season. I get that. But in 2021, 2022, If he's a free agent again, if he signs only one year, because you're going to see a lot Mm -hmm. of these people in 2021 sign these one year and player option, you're going to see a lot of them because, and they're going to try and bet on themselves. Uh, They're going to be
1: offered. That's all. It's going to be offered by a lot of people, probably. Yeah,
0: but I'm I'm just saying they're going to bet on themselves. But yeah, it's at some point in time, Alex Caruso is going to want to get paid, and if the Lakers aren't going to pay him, I I can't say I blame him if he goes somewhere else because he's not 22. He's in his mid-20s already, so I see at some point in time if he continues his development and is able to continue to be that outstanding defensive combo guard that can make plays for you in other ways outside of just shooting, then he can go ahead, and that's a marketable commodity in the NBA, and he can go ahead and, like I said, become a valuable asset for a team. Now, Do I hope it's the Lakers? I hope it continues to be the Lakers going forward.
1: Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. I like Alex a lot. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I could see him losing his spot to Dion Waiters, for example, or a guy with a lot more talent that, that doesn't have the same smarts, doesn't have the same defense, doesn't have a lot of those other tools, but the way you get paid in this game is you put points in the basket. And, you know, a guy like Waiters uh, can be electric, and we'll have to see what happens. I'm, I'm hoping for Alex, but I wouldn't, as a general manager, overpay him, and I don't think that the Lakers will. I think that there's a little bit too much hype in the GOAT.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens, my friend. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday, and you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break
1: Podcast.
0: Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice
1: from the underground.
0: Once again, I'm talking to Tom Wong, who I know him as. But you know him as Laker Tom. You got to go ahead and check out his work today on Medium.com, and Laker Tom on Twitter, and also LakerHolics.net. Before we head on out, my friend, because I've got just a couple of minutes left, I wanted to go ahead. We will save the Gobert Mitchell debate for our next week's program because okay. we're going to talk about the love fest or not so love fest <laughs> between Gobert and Mitchell at this point in time in Utah. So we'll talk about that on next week's program. See how that develops. But before we head on out. I wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts uh, as far as what's going on with LakerHolics.net and why everyone should be a part of it.
1: Well, this has been a, a an interesting week because it, when the when the uh, we always look for subjects to try to get everybody interested and get conversations going. And so I had an article about different options that the Lakers had for point guard, starting point guard next year. So there was some good discussions about that. Uh, we continue to talk about. What's going to happen with respect to the coronavirus? Whether the season is going to be eliminated? What the options are there? And there's a there's still a large segment of the of Laker fans who are who really feeling that we don't want to we don't want to miss out on the opportunity. LeBron's going to be one year older next year. Uh, I still am among those who thinking positively that that we can still be just as strong a competitor and even better next year just because of of having a draft pick and and having you know the ability to have tradable contracts that we didn't have at, at the trade deadline in the middle of winter. And uh, I think that we'll have a good chance to have a better roster around LeBron and AD this year than we or next year than we did this year. So if we miss out on that opportunity to win a championship, uh, I still think that we're going to be in a good position to really go after it again next year. I think the main thing is that everybody is looking toward the positive things that we're seeing happening. The, the social distancing really does seem to be working to flatten out the curve of the coronavirus. I hope that we don't make mistakes by opening up business too early. I think that California especially has done a terrific job in especially in the area where I live, the Bay Area, in uh, understanding what you have to do from a public health standpoint and in order not to allow the, the virus to destroy things. Who knows what numbers are going to look like when people start to get back to business? We're starting to see it around the rest of the world. Some of it looking fairly encouraging that that people are able to start or to restructure science uh, society. So it's. I, I think I'm pretty optimistic. I'm optimistic about, uh, and I think most of the fans on Lakerholics are optimistic about the Lakers' future, even if we miss out this year and we get robbed of an opportunity to win a championship. I think that we're still going to be among the elite teams and could even be better than last year. As to the coronavirus and its impact on society, um, I think we've done a great job. We've done everything we need to do. And hopefully hopefully, our leadership will understand that it's better to be patient and not take a chance on on killing more people by trying to get an economy restarted. People have to have confidence in the economy to go out there and and uh, and I don't think that none of the people that I know are ready to go back to, let's say, to a, a sporting event, to go to an NFL game or an NBA game at this point in time, or even go out to a restaurant unless there's a unless the restaurant really is limiting the seating so that it's spaced around. I'm hoping that maybe next month I'll be able to spend time with my grandkids again, you know, and we can take instead of just me and my wife here locked in a house, we can. We can include my, grand, my my son and his daughter and daughter-in-law and their three kids so that we've got now, let's say, uh, a seven-person social distancing situation where we're all being very careful protecting each other, you know, by not going out. And I just don't see us 30 days from now stopping from ordering from Instacart and DoorDash for everything we need. You know? We've got this whole rig of morale that we've got uh, of contaminated everything comes in and we've got the garage so stocked up with stuff now that, that I feel like I'm working at, I feel like I'm an Amazon worker every day. I've got stuff coming in and packing it up into the garage and just preparing, you know, to, to stay, to stay sheltered in place for another 30 days at least, you know, and, and hopefully that we'll, we'll reach a point where we can catch up on the testing and and be able to, to really do things in an intelligent way regionally, just as the you know, it's it's like Dr. Fauci says. You know, it, the virus will tell us when we can go back to regular things again. Uh, and I'm hoping that that we'll get back to a point eventually. You know, where maybe at Christmas everything will be back to normal. You know, or or as close to normal as we could possibly hope for it to be. You still have to hope and pray that that even the predictions for sixty thousand death will not happen, and it'll come out even lower than that. I just saw a video of. Carl Anthony Towns' mom, what a wonderful woman. And you just think your heart just breaks when you you see those stories. And uh, I also was just showing my wife this morning, a woman who stayed in home for 30 days straight, didn't go out a single time, and she caught coronavirus anyway because a grocery deliverer happened to have it. So I'd advise anybody who's listening to this podcast, there's ways to protect yourself when the groceries come in. You contaminate it, you get DoorDash, you take the stuff and you dump it onto a plate right away and you get rid of all the stuff, wash your hands and and just stay healthy, safe and smart. Um, and then we can beat this thing and, uh, and at some point in time we'll be back to talking about basketball games.
0: Yes, we will and you can do it right now at Lakerholics.net or also read his great articles on Medium.com or if you got a question for him directly, just go ahead and hit up Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter, or you can go ahead if you've got a question for us here at the show on the NBA draft or at the Lakers or the NBA in its entirety because we love answering all NBA questions as well. You want to go ahead and hit us up at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at yahoo.com. And if you listen to this and you like what we do, please give us that five star review on any available podcast format that allows for it including apple podcasts of course it helps get us a broader base of laker fans out there listening to our program we truly appreciate it and you tell you what if you've got a friend that's a laker fan tell him or her to subscribe today to all of us here at the lakers fast break podcast well tom it's been great talking to you cannot thank you enough for taking the time once again next week go bear versus mitchell we'll see how that ends up i know that's not laker related but you know what you never know it could be could be could be could be so we'll talk about that theory and a lot more coming up next week right here on the lakers fast podcast